Hey, deserving listeners, and welcome to the It's What's Next IT podcast with me, your host, Matthew Reynolds. In this edition, we're going to be looking at emails, a topic that on the face of it seems boring, but if we dig into it, we'll find there's some really interesting aspects to email for SME business owners. What makes email boring is its universality. Email is everywhere, everyone expects to have it, and there's no other technologies in the constellation of technologies we use within our businesses that shares this universal nature. So in particular, email is seen as a requirement of entry to doing business. People expect to be able to email us to do business, and we expect the reverse. We're unlikely to do business with people that we can't email. A flip side to that is that email can almost operate like a to-do list that anyone else can add to, in that we can receive emails in and suddenly find ourselves kind of overburdened with work because people have emailed us and said, can you do this, can you do this, can you do this? And in that sense, email is a fairly unique thing, a unique idea as well. The universality then is interesting in terms of marketing. And although this isn't a marketing podcast, I like to touch on these aspects about technology as it's used in marketing because that's interesting to SME business owners. Email marketing is the only channel that we can use where we can reach everyone with marketing messages. It doesn't operate like other social media channels or advertising channels. Coming back to the more SME IT side, it's interesting in terms of security. See if anyone wants to be able to deliver some piece of nefarious software to us, some malware that can cause us problems, they can use email. And that's why email is such a dangerous, quote unquote, vector for cybersecurity threats. And it's interesting in terms of untapped value. We tend to um, keep emails within our business and just leave them there in a big pile in people's mailboxes. But there's lots of things that we can do with email to kind of open up the value that's in there. So in this episode, then, we're going to look at issues related to reliability and deliverability, email security, and how we can open up some of that value. So the first thing that we're going to look at is the fact that email, because of its universality, this implies, or it tells us rather, that it needs to be really reliable. So it needs to always be on and always be available. We don't want people emailing us with new opportunities and then having it bounce. We don't want to be going to look at our emails and then discovering that they're not there or that the service isn't available. So way back in the days, we used to run emails by having a server within our office that held our mail on it and people would dial into it in order to get their email back. And nowadays, we've we've moved that whole thing over to using cloud-based email. This started by having several little independent providers providing cloud-based email. And so the more forward-thinking organizations would go, you know what, we're going to stop running our our email servers ourselves, which is called on-premises, and we're going to start migrating over to the cloud. And over time, what happened was that the the two biggest providers of email services, so Microsoft and Google, decided that actually they were going to double down and go all in in setting up their own cloud system. So today, we've got a situation where you, you've got a spectrum of behaviors where you can run your own mail service yourself on your own machines, or you can um, go with what I call a tier one provider, which is Microsoft 365, Exchange on Microsoft 365, and Gmail on G Suite. Or you can use these other, these other providers in the middle. Where we find these other emails in the middle is where in particular an SME has gone out and bought a hosting service for their website and the hosting company has kind of gone actually you know what we can do the email as well and the, and the person who's bought it is sat there and gone actually this seems like a sound idea I can put all this in one place. This is kind of a mistake and it's something that I strongly encourage SME owners not to do. There is no reason not to put your emails on either Microsoft 365 or on, on G Suite to use another provider is largely in, 
to use another provider is largely inviting problems. There is no real benefit to the using these other providers. Microsoft 365 and G Suite is so cheap. I mean, it, it isn't inexpensive. It is just downright cheap. That there, There's really no reason to use anything else. So one of the things that we look at doing whenever we keep bringing new customers into our business is looking at them and going, okay, well, you're using such and such hosting company. Keep the website with them. Um, because they're obviously, you know, they, they're in business to provide websites. They're doing this email as a add-on to their customers. Let's move that email over to a new to another service. Once your email's in the cloud, then th- then you, you've kind of fixed the reliability problem. Microsoft, the services never go down. Google, the services never go down. They never lose email. The emails there are completely secure and safe. We're going to come and talk about security in, in a moment. The only wrinkle you need to deal with the fact is that this service kind of becomes your crown jewels. The universality of it and the fact that all your emails is there and everything gets tied into that. You largely can't email anyone or recover passwords or create new accounts without access to your email. So one of the things that I recommend is that as a as a small business owner, you make sure that you've got your details of your domain. So your such and such.co.uk or such and such.com. You've got that details and the master account, either for Microsoft 365 or G Suite, depending on what you use, and that they're printed out and stored in a in a fireproof deed box at one of the director's houses. Now, the reason for this is if anything goes to custard, you know where it is, right? You can't lose a multi-kilogram heavy box of metal in your house. If you need it in a hurry, it's there. And there is the advantage, you know, if God forbid the the house burns down or something, then you've got that protection there in having it in a fireproof safe. And you can get these things for 40, 50 pounds. You know, again, they're not expensive, but that becomes a good place to put all of these bits and pieces where you kind of absolutely, you know, if you have that disaster or that emergency, you can you can go there. Another quick point on this is people will often say to me, well, should I use Microsoft 365 or should I use G Suite? And up until actually very recently, I used to take a, a, a fairly non-committal view to this because my position tends to be that in any market we look at, there tends to be a Coca-Cola choice and it tends to be a Pepsi choice. And if you're selecting from a market, if you choose Coke or Pepsi, both of those are going to win, right? You're going to get a delicious cola-based beverage. It's really the other kind of happy shopper cola kind of brands that you, you need to be a little bit concerned about. But in terms of whether you choose Microsoft 365 or G Suite, I now am sort of more positioning Microsoft 365. Because everyone needs Office, you end up in this problem where even if you can actually do a pretty decent job with Gmail and G Suite, the fact that you need Office kind of suggests why not lump all that thing, all that stuff over into one basket. If you're starting a new organization, definitely something I recommend actually just go all in with Microsoft 365. If you've got an organization where you've already got G Suite but you have Microsoft 365 licenses, that's not a disastrous outcome, but over time, maybe it is something that you want to try and consolidate onto Microsoft 365. So in terms of security, what we're really trying to do is make sure that we are the only ones who can see our email. The email obviously contains a huge amount of information, which is confidential to our business and stuff that we need to keep private. I mean, to an extent, if you think about it, we'll come on to this when we talk about value, most of your communication into and out of your business is over email and therefore represented in text. So it's kind of very, really important that we make sure that our emails are only available to us. We've also just gone on and said that we should be putting our emails in the cloud. So that creates something of a dichotomy there in that we have to manage security up to the cloud. 
the way to do this is to make sure that you've, you're using very strong passwords, you're using a password manager such as LastPass, and you're not reusing passwords across site. These are all basic cybersecurity hygiene things. Once you kind of got that down, then then you're pretty much okay. Then it's just a case of don't go around sharing passwords, don't give those passwords to anyone. If someone needs to get access to your email, then find a different way of giving them just access to the emails that they need rather than then log onto your mailbox. Uh, and turning on password and two-factor authentication on whichever service you're using is, is obviously key. So this is where, when you log in, the provider will text you a, a code to your phone, which you have to key in in order to get access to your, to your service. A second point on this is that a risk vector is that you could lose the device that your email's on. I mean, your emails are in the cloud, but your copy of your emails is on your laptop or your desktop, and you could lose those. So again, it becomes important that your laptop and any energy devices that you use are encrypted. So encrypted means that the information on the disk is scrambled and can't be read by anyone. If you find a laptop lying around on the street and it's not encrypted, anyone can take the disk out of that, put the disk into another computer and read all that information off without any problems at all. So encryption just makes sure that you need, you can't do that. So laptops and desktops by default aren't encrypted. You need to go through some special steps to get that encrypted. Smartphones are encrypted by default, providing that you put a lock on them. So whether that's a pin lock, face lock or password lock, once you do that, the encryption becomes active on that device. The two more things we need to touch on on security. One is that people don't fully appreciate that email mailboxes, as they sit in the cloud, can be modified. So you could go into someone's inbox and delete all the emails out. You can even go and find an email and, and modify it in some way. As such, one of the things that we're really keen to recommend, or I'm really keen to recommend to people that, that I work with, is that they have a cloud-to-cloud -cloud backup system. So this works by having a service, and the two that I like is one is called Backupify and one is called Spanning Backup. But they will take your entire Microsoft 365 organization or your G Suite organization and make a nightly backup as if you were plugging a USB drive into your laptop and copying the, copying the stuff off on a nightly basis. So that can be a massive advantage and the the price is is relatively cheap it's like two pounds a month three pounds a month per user and that is that is something i absolutely recommend people do and it's it's something that i do and have been doing for for a very very long time the final issue to do with uh, emails and security is the fact that because of the universality of email if anybody wants to to get some sort of infection into your business which is a slightly awkward phrase to use at the current time but if someone wants to kind of get a malware onto your machine or some ransomware onto your machine, email is such a great vector for that because it's so universal and it's so cheap. So I, you know, a, a hacker can send millions and millions of emails, hit every individual, touch every organized, every company within the UK for literally pennies. And by creating emails that have either got a, attachments in them, which will compromise your computer if you open them, or links if you click on them, it will compromise your computer. That's really a vector that they use. So it's really important that you create a culture within the business where you teach people not to trust emails, that there is no, that no customer of yours is going to get annoyed. It's not going to be a problem if a customer gets annoyed because you had an employee who was wary about opening an email because you need to protect your business and your business is effectively your customer's data as well. So this is something that you can join up end to end and say, actually, this hygiene measure we've got in place in the business that, that people are very wary about emails keeps us all safe, keeps us, you know, improves our uptime, keeps us all much more available. So that issue is, is absolutely key. 
The last thing I wanted to look at when we talk about email is this idea about how we can get some value out of the emails that we hold. So we know that we're receiving emails all the time, we're sending emails all the time, and those emails contain a lot of information. As I mentioned before, it probably is the, the core of most of the information flowing in and flowing out of our business. And from an IT consultant's hat on, I kind of know that when we see information, we see data, we see the ability to make data-driven decisions, and we make we see ability to get some value from that. But most people look at emails as something that just sits there in people's inboxes, or maybe get filed into neatly into um, customer folders if that that's how you work. What we want to try and do is we want to try and bring some of that value out. So the, a key thing that that we can do when we're looking at the email value is we can put the emails actually within our CRM, our customer relationship management system. So the CRM, for those who don't know, is kind of a central database of all of the interactions that we've ever had with a customer. So it tracks the customer from the point when we first identify them as a prospect through the sales process to, to closing the contract, through all of the operational stuff we have to do with them whilst they're a customer of ours, through to retirement when they stop being a customer. A lot of people within small businesses don't fully understand how to get a lot of value out of a CRM. And one thing you can do to get a lot of value out is to attach all the communications you have with customers within that CRM. What that lets you do is it lets you or anyone else in the business say, actually, I wonder what email, what communication we've had. What have we said to that customer? What have they said to us? And because the emails are now not in people's inboxes where no one can really do anything interesting with them and those emails are in the CRM, we're able to kind of go, actually, yeah, you know what? We know that we spoke to John or we know that we spoke to Flo and we know that this is what was said or this is what's going to happen. And anyone in the organization can bring that out. That's the very first point in that by attaching the emails to the narrative of the of the work we're doing with a customer, it unlocks the value, right? We, we know what's there. Other things that we can do, which are a bit more sophisticated and probably beyond the scope of this podcast, is we can actually start looking at some of the textual information in there, start doing things like measuring sentiment, start being able to detect when customers are asking for certain things, all this kind of big data and machine learning stuff. The final point I want to look at when we're looking at value is this idea of email archiving. So to come back to this point that we touched on the security in that mailboxes aren't what we call immutable, right? They can, the data in them can be changed. We can delete and we can change data that's in a mailbox. Also looking at the idea that there is so much value in these emails and there's so much communicative intent and so many promises get made over email. What we want to be able to do is make sure that we're we're creating a central source of what the truth was, what a customer said to us, what we said to a customer or a supplier, a partner, an employee, but not losing emails, not having emails changed. And the way that we solve this is by having an email archive. The purpose of an email archive is it takes a copy of every email that comes into the business, copy of every email that goes out of the business, and puts it into a database that only the directors or other senior people within the organization have access to. This means that if you ever get into a dispute, you absolutely know, and all your lawyers and anyone supporting you in this dispute absolutely know, what was said to whom and when. To be completely honest with you, it has saved my bacon a couple of times over the past 20 years, and it's well worth having. Email archiving is something I absolutely recommend that people have, but it is it's very unusual to find it out there and to find it out there within the community of SME business owners. You don't often see them. That's it for today. Thank you very much for listening to my podcast on IT issues for SME owners. 
Please subscribe to the podcast for more updates. They're updated weekly. You can also find more information on our website at www.iwn-it.com. And on there, you can find blogs and events and webinars and long-form white papers and all sorts of other things that I put out there in the community to support SME business owners. Thanks very much and take care.